0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, CBT PFL. It's Monday, it's August 8th, it is 2022. We have seven baseball games to talk about here on today's podcast. I don't want to jinx anything, but the weather looks good on these seven games. So that's always a good start to the week. I'm joined today by Keith Eister, Eyes 819 Keith, what's happening, my friend?
1: Not much. Recording Sunday night here after the NASCAR race. Um, we were dealt a pretty significant blow early on with Kyle Bush wrecking out after the competition caution, um, but managed to save the day. I had one single entry that that got up there near the top, almost took that down. Um, so l- slightly positive overall, luck- luckily, and had some bets. Um, you, you posted one on Scores and Odds that was uh Bubba Wallace over Tyler Reddick that smashed at plus money. So that that one helped out, and then you had a Bubba Wallace to win ticket at plus 1,000 that – that came super close. So very good weekend overall felt like uh, the Kyle wreck early was, was devastating, but still managed to make a little bit of a profit. So congrats
0: to you, man. Another great week of content. I mean, it was one of those things where it was like, there's so many times this year that I've gotten burned by a late race caution. It's like one time. I just want one time it to go in my favor. And like, if we get a caution with like 10, 15 laps to go there, I mean everything's live. Like I had Toyotas to finish one too. They were they were all over it. I mean I had Bubba. I had a Hamlin bet. Like oh, but anyway, yeah, that Bubba over Reddick for plus one twenty five was was kind of nutty. Um, talked yeah, about I it on that one. Yeah, I talked about it on the scores and I was like, "There's no way that he <laughs> should be the dog in this one." So I don't know. I'm glad that worked out because yeah but yeah i mean nascar gosh one of those weeks where if this race plays out 10 times i probably make money eight times um yep just that was, one random it was the one yeah hour. i mean it was <laughs> the one so i don't know on a lot of the right stuff i ended up losing i think like 35 40 percent um just yeah but anyway i mean the xfinity race um was kind of the same thing like if that race plays out eight out of ten times i make money and it was just it's just a weird weekend for nascar but um i mean the projections were spot on so um, i like when we get further into the season with nascar and like we're getting more data with this new car and the projections continue to get better so i mean that's that's a positive you know we have a few more weeks before football season so we should get pretty big tournament coming up here with daytona um in a few weeks and uh that'll probably be like the last big shebang for nascar before football starts so it'd be cool um to get one more of those but ready to talk some baseball back on the baseball grind here um on this monday like everyone knows by now i mean i take the weekends off for baseball have so much going on with nascar that it's like it's a nice refresher. Um, I remember many, many times, many, many years. I mean, seven days a week with baseball and trying to play NASCAR. And just, I mean, it's a nice refresher. So we get started here on this seven game slate with Toronto at Baltimore. Nine and a half total in this game. The Blue Jays are 150 favorites. We got Yusei Kikuchi going up against Jordan Lyles. Any interest here in Kikuchi?
1: I do have some interest in Kikuchi, so we need to put context of slate into into focus here. There there are really no aces on this slate whatsoever. Um, every pitcher has their flaws. Kikuchi is sixty eight hundred, and outside of Blake Snell, he has the highest strikeout rate on the slate. Yeah, he's going ab- against Baltimore, who has been a lot better here recently, but they've still been struggling against left handed pitching. Um, Kikuchi is he's kind of like Snell, who we're going to talk about later as well. Just a pretty decent k rate but just a 13 an obscene 13 walk rate so you know what you're getting very high variance spot but for tournaments that price tag and and against this baltimore team uh, I, I think he's definitely in play
0: big difference in this team against right-handed and left-handed pitching they are going to platoon a lot of these right-handed guys in the lineup but I mean, they can't platoon the whole lineup, so he's still going to get some left-handed hitters in this lineup. And Kikuchi actually has a 26% K rate against righties. Just gives up a lot of power and a lot of home runs to righties. So, honestly, I mean, outside of maybe Santander, um, maybe McKenna, he has shown some power against left-handed pitching in a small sample size. Um, Hayes is banged up right now. Um, Yeah, I just... I think, like you said, we have to put the slate as a whole out there and say, hey, pitching is not great on this slate. Expect Jose Suarez to be kind of popular in this range going up against Oakland, um, especially on DraftKings. So I think that Kikuchi is definitely in play. Um, I can easily say that on the other side of this game, Jordan Lyles, I do not want to play a 19% K-rate guy going up against toronto um i mean this is an easy fade for me yeah agree uh lyle's
1: just gives up a ton of hard contact toronto doesn't strike out very much a ton of right-handed power there um uh, yeah dangerous spot for lyle's i like toronto quite a bit
0: all right let's talk about these toronto bats obviously um springer i think it was saturday i saw the alert. um he got put on the il so he'll be out but i mean still overall you got Teoscar, you got Vlad, um, Bichette, Whit Merrifield in this lineup now. Whoever catches has a good bat with Kirk and Jensen. They might both be in the lineup with Springer out. So, I mean, overall, I think Toronto is definitely in play. I mean, it's a nine and a half total. They have one of the best implied team totals on the slate. Uh, what are your thoughts here on the Blue Jays? Yeah. I, I like the blue Jays a
1: lot and salary really isn't a thing on this slate either because there's, there's no pitcher over 10 K there's no pitcher over 9,300 is what Bassett is at. I believe he's the the most expensive. So we're going to have plenty of money on this slate with a couple value bats and some cheap pitching. Uh, so 6,200 for Vlad, no problem with that. Chapman's been on fire. So his price is way up there. Um, teoscar and bichette seem appropriately priced and then i think you you get value throughout the lineup with kirk or jansen probably both in there like you said and and guriel has been hitting up in the order he's only 4k so i like the whole lineup here lyle's gives up a ton of hard contact as i mentioned toronto's got a ton of power um i like the spot for them a lot
0: uh baltimore (sighs) I could see maybe like if Kikuchi does get some ownership, looking at a couple of maybe like a Santander um, type of plays, like if Hayes is back in the lineup, he would be someone that I'd have some interest in. Um, and then, like I said, Ryan McKenna, small sample size, but this guy's definitely shown some pop against left-handed pitching, uh, 265 ISO in that small sample um what are your thoughts around Baltimore bets
1: yeah I mean they're just they're a lot better against um right-handed pitching as I mentioned so this is a, a little bit of a tough spot for them it's why I have interest in Kikuchi uh, but Kikuchi can get really wild and he can give up a, a ton of homers so I do have some interest in Baltimore here um I, I like your Santander call he's been really good against lefties Mount Castle is cheap I'll play some of him for his power um, yeah, I mean, there's just the, the options are pretty thin and that's the reason they've struggled against lefties. Like you've got Vavra and Phillips down there, but they both hit left-handed. So I don't love them lefty, lefty, even though they're really cheap. Um, Mateo, I suppose as a cheap shortstop, I can get behind. Rutchman has been a lot better, um, against righties than he has against lefties. So it's, it's a tough spot, but Kikuchi is certainly somebody that, that we can attack here as well. So. I could see this going either way. I'll have a little bit of Baltimore, but I just, there's not enough guys to target, I don't think, for a full stack. So, more two, th- two, and three, man's for me, I think, on Baltimore.
0: I mean, power one offs is something you could potentially do here as well. Um, just try to, I mean, Kikuchi gives up plenty of home runs that, yep. you know, you could chase a home run or, or two. Um, I mean, a lot of home runs throughout the year it's been a little bit better here recently he hasn't been pitching deep into the games i mean i think that's the biggest concern but the pitching slate is not great so cincinnati at new york facing the mets is where we go next eight and a half total mets a 300 favorite here justin dunn going up against chris bassett uh any interest here in justin dunn Oh, man. I, I looked into Justin Dunn, formerly a pretty decent prospect with
1: the Mariners, uh, came over in the Jesse Winker trade, I believe. Yep. Uh, I, I just looked at what he was up to this year, and dude has been horrible in AAA. Um 692 ERA, 609 XFIP, like, he's just getting beat up. 18% strikeout rate, walking a ton of guys. Like there, There's no chance I'm playing Dunn against the Mets here.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is one of the tough teams to face in general, and we saw this guy pitch last year um started 11 games for seattle last year and had a, a swinging strike rate under 10 percent, a walk rate close to 14 percent, strikeout rate was like twenty two and a half. and a half we saw him pitch in 2020 as well he started 10 games and he had really close to the same numbers in those games so i mean this is an easy stay away spot for me um when it comes to justin dunn so Actually going to talk about the Mets bats a little bit, even in city field. Um, But I mean, I don't want to bury the lead here. Chris Bassett is by far the best pitcher on this slate. In my opinion, Um, you know, we'll talk about Blake Snell. Sure. But when we're looking at ballpark and matchup, I mean, Cincinnati sold at at the trade deadline. This is a rough offense with, I mean, the power hitter in this lineup right now is Joey Votto.
1: Yeah, this is a great spot for Bassett. Um, by far the safest option on the slate. Uh, a little bit concerned about the, the K upside usually with Bassett, but I talked about it with uh, Kikuchi. Like, there is just not a ton of strikeout upside outside of Snell on this entire slate. So Bassett at 9,300, completely fine. Great matchup against Cincinnati here. away Drury, and Fam, like you mentioned. So there's, there's just no one left. Um, we've seen huge K-rate guys in there like Aquino, uh and Barrera, who struck out a ton in the minors. Like there there are plenty of strikeouts in this Cincinnati lineup. Weak offense overall. Uh Bassett is, is clearly the the safest option on the slate.
0: That other guy that they called up too, uh the the Houston prospect that they got um what is it, Paperisky, Paperisky, Paperiski. Um he's a huge strikeout guy as well, even looking at like his minor league numbers. So I mean, low walk rates, I think we see maybe one or two guys with strikeout rates under 20%. So that obviously helps Bassett strikeout upside a little bit. But I mean, this is a game in this ballpark that Bassett throws seven clean innings, win the game, strikeout five or six, and just, I mean, 28, 30 might outscore the next highest pitcher by, you know, five to 10 points on the slate. Uh, I mean, that's just kind of how the slate sets up. So again, we'll talk about Blake Snell when we get there here in a few minutes, but um, I mean, Bassett, my number one um, for sure on the slate. And honestly, there's nothing on the reds that I want to play um, when they're at home, they're cheap. So you could take some shots on them when they're at home. But I mean, in city field with this lack of power, you could honestly really pitch around Votto now too. He just Kyle Farmer's been hitting behind him, and like that's zero protection to Joey Votto. So, yeah, I mean nothing on the Reds for me today. Yeah, I
1: agree with you. Bassett, a strong pitcher, huge uh, ballpark downgrade going into City Field from from Great American. So, yeah, don't think you need to do it on the slate.
0: One of the worst downgrades you could get. Um, listen, I hate the ballpark here, but. Justin Dunn is very hittable. Um, so uh, it's kind of a catch 22 because this lineup has so much upside. Um, and just by itself on DraftKings, like if you go Vogelbach over Alonzo or Alonzo over Vogelbach, it makes your Mets stack just different right there. Um, you can't play both of them. They both have two home run upside in any matchup. So, I mean, that's just one interesting thing. And then you look at the rest of this lineup. I mean, there are some cheap bats, but they're kind of expensive. But today, we just—it just doesn't matter. So I think, I think a three-man stack very playable here for the Mets. I don't know if I full five-man stack them. If this game was in Cincinnati, it'd be one of my favorite stacks on the slate, though.
1: They're they're still one of my favorite stacks on the slate. Yeah, just, I mean they like, should be. Yeah, yeah. D- Dunn is just not getting triple A headers out. How is he going to fare against this? elite Mets offense. Uh, Pete Alonzo is one of my favorite options on the slate. Lindor and Marte, to to stack all three of those together, like they're all over 5k, like that might be the one exception of where salary comes into play on the slate, especially if you want to play Bassett with them. Uh, But there are a couple cheap pitching options we're going to talk about too, that that I think are absolutely in play, just because Bassett doesn't have a ton of upside. So for tournaments, I think you can go cheap, um, which would make it pretty easy to fit in the premium Mets bats uh, Nimmo at 4,700. I absolutely love that price on him. Um, and Vogelbach at 3,700. You do have to make the decision on, on DraftKings of whether to play him or Alonzo. So that's, that's why I think the Mets are going to end up one of my higher own stacks is because I just want a bunch of different variations. Um, Naquin and, and McNeil, I think are fine in a stack. I probably wouldn't want to play them by themselves, but in a stack, I'm fine with that tough ballpark, but really bad starting pitcher and, and the Cincinnati bullpen has been awful as well. So this is, this is just a spot where the Mets should put up a ton of runs.
0: Yeah. I like the night coin call. Um, hey, you'd be like, Hey, watch me hit a couple home runs on my old team and be like, you got rid of me. Um I mean, all joking aside, he is a, he has a great price tag here. So he's definitely someone that I really like. Um Yeah. Maybe I like the stack more. Like, originally like the ballpark scared me but i mean if they're putting up eight to ten runs even if they're only hitting a couple home runs um the guys that are expensive could do the damage um my least favorite out of the three expensive guys is probably Marte. um he's just not a huge home run hitter like i think he has like 10 or 11 on the season where like lindor has like 19 or 20 and pete alonso is getting close to 30 so um, I think he'd be my least favorite of the group, and then I could go Nimmo and Nyquen and use two outfielder spots and not have to use three, but like you said, if you're if you're full stacking this spot, multiple lineups, you just want to kind of get exposure to everybody. Um, on Fanduel, I really like the idea of playing Alonzo and Vogelbach together. Um, yeah, I love that. All right, Washington at Chicago. No total in this game because it's Wrigley and you never know what you're going to get when it comes to the wind. It is very wind-sensitive ballpark, so we'll check and see what Roth has to say. Uh, Anibal Sanchez against Keegan Thompson. Any interest here in Anibal Sanchez?
1: No, uh, just no strikeout upside. I mean, he sure, he could go six scoreless innings or something like that and maybe, maybe get there for you, but just extremely unlikely um i prefer Thompson on the other side i'd much rather play Kikuchi so i think there, there are much better cheap options today
0: so what i'm seeing is like wind could be a huge factor in this game today um like i'm seeing anywhere from like 15 to 18 miles an hour blowing in um ooh yeah
1: that that's a big deal for sanchez because he's a, he's an extreme fly ball pitcher so
0: um yeah i mean i don't there's still no strikeout upside though no I, I don't want to play Sanchez but like it might actually like hurt the stack against him a little bit um I don't know it's kind of tough it will well i mean I'm seeing some forecasts have like twenty to twenty five mile an hour winds blowing in um so with that said, like it kind of makes me like Keegan Thompson. Well, I liked them before you told me that. So, <laughs> uh, no, I know. I'm just saying, like, I think I, I, I mean, we're going to like pitchers against Washington the rest of the year. Let's yep. just, we're not going to sugarcoat that. Um, this lineup, I mean, even av- av- Luke Voigt being added actually kind of helps. Um, it gives you like three of the first four hitters have strikeout rates over 25%, with Cruz, Voigt, and Thomas has been hitting leadoff for them. Um, Robles has been up there two a, yeah. a couple times and he's got a huge strikeout
1: rate so yeah like washington used to be a team we were afraid of because they were low strikeout but that's completely flipped since they traded their two best hitters away
0: i mean if well, okay so like if we're getting this much wind we really need to see what roth has to say um but as of right now because if it's blowing out at all like we're gonna stack this game each and every way we possibly can even with this bad lineup but if the wind's blowing in, Keegan Thompson, I mean, this guy's had some big games here recently. He's super boomer bust, but a lot of it has to do with the matchup, too. Struggled against St. Louis. That's a tough offense. Struggled against the Mets. That's a tough offense. Destroyed the Dodgers. Um, I mean, like, the talent is there for Keegan Thompson. He just doesn't put it together every start. I think this is a great spot to, you know, get some exposure to him, though. Yeah. I
1: mean, what you just talked about there is exactly why I had interest in Thompson. He's a young guy with good stuff. He doesn't always locate it really well. Well, and that's what gets him into trouble. Um, this is a a phenomenal matchup for him. This is what we want in tournaments. Like, I don't care if my pitcher goes out there and gets negative in a tournament because I'm trying to get first place. I want the guy that can go out there and get, I mean, for 6,700, he gives you eight strikeouts that that's exactly what we're looking for. So, He's he has that ability. He's shown it twice in his last four starts. I think this is a good spot. He can he can get out there and and rack up a bunch of K's.
0: If the wind's blowing in, I mean, this lineup is not great anyway. I just don't see myself using Washington bats. Yeah, I I do agree with that. They're really cheap and I kind of talked
1: like salary isn't really a thing here, but if you do need to see save some salary, Voight for 3,700 is a phenomenal option. Um, Thompson has been a little bit reverse flitzy this year. So I'd I'd be hunting home runs off of him. Um, Nelson Cruz and Luke Voight be the two, my two favorite ways to do that. Kiebert Ruiz's price is all the way down to 2,800. He's a talented guy. He's just struggled a little bit here. Um, He's going to figure it out eventually, I think, but I, I like that one a lot. So I don't mind a couple of one-offs even though I I do like Thompson in the spot. Um I'll take some shots on the Washington bats too because he can get blown up at times. Robles is is 2300. If he, if he leads off for 2300, his power and speed combination I I like that a lot too.
0: Chicago Cubs side, I mean, the wind scares me a little bit, but on the flip side of that, Animal Sanchez is not good <laughs> um gosh if it's okay this is one of those things where i really kind of want to rely on what roth has to say i want to look at weather edge because this wall this ballpark is very very wind sensitive and like if we are i mean i'm seeing in multiple places now i've checked multiple places we're looking at like 20 to 25 mile an hour winds blowing in um if that is the case i probably don't play a lot of cubs but I, I could still see like one offs, two, two man, three man's because like Sanchez is just so bad. But he's a big fly ball guy, and like Wilson Contreras is a big ground ball hitter, Horner, Hap, um, Schwindel. Like these guys are all ground ball hitters, so like we're gonna get a lot of line drives from a guy like Sanchez. Um, what are your thoughts on the Cubs?
1: Yeah, the wind is a factor, I think if it's blowing in 20 plus miles an hour, it's, it's tough to stack. I wouldn't mind taking shots on a guy with huge power, like wisdom. Um, Sanchez can give it up to both sides of the plate. So if the wind is blowing in and, and we're not looking to stack, I think wisdom or possibly Contreras would be the one-off play. Um, this, if we're stacking, I like Happ and Suzuki a ton, like their, their prices are, are very fair. I don't. The wind it kind of takes me off of it because I don't know that they put up a huge number here if fly balls are are getting held in the park like Sanchez. The past the Sanchez getting blown up is is home runs, and if the wind is preventing that, it, it makes it pretty tough.
0: Yeah, gosh, man, the wind again. Like Wrigley, like he's a huge Cubs fan and he's seen many many games yeah. at Wrigley, like. 20 to 25 mile an hour wind in Wrigley is no joke. Um, so let's see what Roth has to say on this one. And I'll be on Grinders Live. So later today, and you'll get my final thoughts from the spot. But right now, I mean, I'm seeing books like there's a few books that have this game at seven and a half, which definitely suggests weather, uh wind blowing in. So, yeah, I mean, anytime Anibal Sanchez is starting and the total is under
1: eight, that's, you know, there's something going on there.
0: Yeah, I mean, Caesars has this 200 – Cubs are minus 200 at seven and a half. So, I mean, we'll see. Pittsburgh at Arizona, eight total in this one. Diamondbacks, a 250 favorite. Beattie going up against Zach Gollin. Um, Tyler Beatty. I mean, this guy, we don't really expect him to make – throw too many pitches in this game. Um, I mean, maybe if he's pitching a little bit better than last time out. But overall – uh, I just don't see really any upside with playing Tyler Beatty here. Yeah, no no upside whatsoever. Um, 42 pitches in his last one,
1: 34 before that. He's just not going to go deep into the game. He's going to go two, three innings max. Um, yeah, no no chance of playing him.
0: All right, let's talk Zach Gollin, because I do think Zach Gollin is going to be the chalky mid-range pitcher today. I mean, good spot. Getting Pittsburgh, this offense, um, I mean, they've been a little bit better, but they still strike out a ton. They don't walk. Zach Gollan is probably $2,000 too cheap in this spot. Um, What are we we doing here? Because, I I mean, there's no reason that he shouldn't be chalky, and there's no reason that we shouldn't play him outside of just the fact that he's going to have ownership. So what are your thoughts here on Zach Gollin? Yeah, phenomenal
1: spot, and and Gallen is a kind of a guy that's underrated in general, in my opinion. I think he is actually a, a really good starting pitcher. Um, the strikeout rate isn't huge, but this is a, this is a phenomenal matchup against Pittsburgh, who just doesn't scare anybody. Um, I think, yeah, like you're going to get Bassett, Snell, and, and Gallen probably all significantly owned. So I do like a couple of pivots like Thompson, Kikuchi. Like, I think there's there's ways to get different. Um, it, it's going to be entirely dependent on ownership on what I decide to do with Gallon here, but I absolutely love him. I mean, point per dollar, I think he's he's the top play on the slate. Um, Bassett is, like I mentioned, I, I think Gallen has more upside than Bassett. So I have a ton of interest, especially at this price. Um, we'll see what the ownership is, but yeah, phenomenal spot for him.
0: Yeah, I mean, you don't get many better spots than facing like Washington and Pittsburgh this year. Um, Yeah, I mean, this is a great spot for Zach Gollin. I have zero interest in the Pittsburgh Bats. I mean, we know that Reynolds and Cruz have some power, but they also strike out at a huge clip. Um, Zach Gollin's good. And and it's not like he has weakness. His weakness is like right-handed power. And there's just no right-handed power in this lineup. Like, Hayes... We thought Hayes was going to be like a right-handed power bat, but he's just been awful this year. So, I, I mean, I got nothing on the Pittsburgh side. This is why Gallon is just a guy that you want to play today.
1: Yeah, it, it's ugly. Like, I don't want to play Pittsburgh either. I, I respect Gallon. i even if Gallon's really high owned. I think I'm I'm gonna be loading up on him. So, yeah, not no
0: interest in Pittsburgh. Arizona is that team today that. Could, like, break the slate. BD has a 13% K rate. He has a 10% walk rate. He's done a great job of keeping the ball on the ground. But it it wasn't, like, in a starter role. It was more of, like, a bullpen role. So we don't expect him to pitch too deep here. We're likely going to see a bullpen game. I Just, what are your thoughts when it comes to looking at Arizona here um, Pittsburgh has one of the worst bullpens in baseball I think they're bottom five like yep. they're not the greatest offense in the world but man this spot there it doesn't get much better than getting a bad starter a bad bullpen and not being overly expensive um, I, I mean I think Arizona is one of my favorite stacks today yeah, I'm with you. I think this
1: is a, a great spot to attack. The Pittsburgh bullpen is not good. Uh, I'm seeing Chase DeYoung Young listed as a projected long reliever on DraftKings. So, I mean, if you get Beatty and then De Young, like even you gotta better, be yeah, <laughs> like I, even yeah, better. like if they both go three innings, like that's three innings against just an awful pitcher, like two awful pitchers. So, yeah, I, I've got a ton of interest in Arizona here. The pricing, like you mentioned, is pretty easy to fit in um Marte's expensive Rojas is 4,700 but then everybody's 4k or less um Varsho I love it. 4,100 Alec Thomas has been hitting at the top of the order 3,600 absolutely love that one uh Christian Walker has shown huge power um yeah I, I like this Arizona stack quite a bit
0: I really do um I mean Peralta not being in the lineup kind of sinks now but I mean We'll see how this Jake McCarthy kid works out, but um, I, 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 Arizona is a team that I sacked a lot towards the beginning of the season, so anyway, San Francisco at San Diego, eight total in this game, Padres, a 170 favorite, Alex Wood, Blake Snell, talent-wise, two of the better talented pitchers on the slate, um, any interest here in Alex Wood? I don't know that I'm going to play a pitcher against San Diego the rest of the season, like adding
1: Soto and bell to a lineup that already didn't strike out a ton. It just makes them really difficult to attack. Um, Wood doesn't have a ton of upside anyway. He's a a very good real life pitcher, but not a huge strikeout rate and he doesn't go very deep into games. So this is a tough spot. I I don't think I'm going to play any Alex Wood, even though he's cheap. Um, Just San Diego is a really tough team to deal with at this point.
0: Well, you forgot they added Dury too. Like this yeah. dude smashes left-handed pitching. Yep. I think he has a three fifty ISO against lefties this year. And Tatis, like everything I've been reading about Tatis later, like lately, is like mid August. Like, watch yeah, out he's for San a, Diego, man. Yeah,
1: he just went on a rehab assignment, so I mean, a couple of weeks, and we're going to be seeing him back. This, yeah, they're loaded. That's gonna.
0: It's like potentially going to like what Kim out of the lineup. Um, well,
1: he's been playing center field,
0: so Kim I think been? they're going
1: to. No, Tatis is expected to play center field in oh, his okay. rehab, so they're going to try to keep Kim in there and put Tatis in center, I think, the majority of the time, which is it's going to be a scary lineup for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, what do they do at that point? Um, Profar, I guess?
1: Well, Profar plays left, so I think it's going to be like Myers and Grisham that get kind of
0: squeezed. One of them can DH, obviously, but... I mean, I guess they would just platoon the DH, right? Yeah, yeah. like yeah we'll see Myers hit against lefties and Grisham hit against righties. They've been kind of platooning those guys in the outfield anyway um so wild man. um, they're good. that lineup's gonna be tough to beat. that's for sure yeah. um, I'm with you though, just overall. Alex Wood is a very talented pitcher. He's very good uh, real life pitcher, but I just don't see the the upside. I mean, this is a dude that like absolutely dominated this team like a month ago. And this is just not the same lineup um, that he's faced. So no interest for me in Alex Wood. The real question is we're going to see San Francisco platoon against Snell. He's 8,800. This guy has kind of been dialed here recently. Um, I mean, I think he has to be in play when we're looking at this slate as a whole. Yeah,
1: I mean, there's no bigger upside on the slate. That's for sure. Um, it's going to be very ownership dependent. Um, Cheese, if you read his article, writes all the time about Robbie Ray, when he's when he's popular, you fade him. And we, when he's low owned, you play him. That's kind of how I feel about Snell today. Like, his upside is unmatched across the entire slate. The only guy with a, a strikeout rate above, like, Kikuchi is barely over 25 Snell is up at 30, so he just has far more strikeout upside than anybody on the slate. Um, he has the walk and the the hard contact issues, so he can certainly get blown up. Um, but San Francisco, honestly, hasn't been that great this year. Um, I, I like this spot for Snell. I hope people are playing Bassett and Gallon so I can load up on Snell. But if, he, if he's popular, I, I mean, you can fade him at any point, too, because the guy can go out there and and walk four guys in the first two innings and then his pitch count is out of control and it completely kills his upside. So I'll play the ownership game on Snell if he's popular on the slate. And I kind of think he will be, um, I don't mind
0: going underweight. I mean, in cash games, this isn't like a, a straightforward slate. Cause I mean, Bassett and Snell would probably be like most of the time your cash build here. But the fact that Zach Gollin has such a good matchup and like, you can save some money. I think he becomes a popular SP2 in cash. So I like Snell. I'm not going to play hitters against Snell in this spot. Um, But yeah, so. Yeah, what are your thoughts here on the San Francisco
1: bats? Yeah, I don't have any interest whatsoever, and it's because they platoon. So you're going to see all the righties in there. And as soon as Snell gets pulled, whether that's in the the third inning or the seventh inning, they're going to – swap out all of the righties for, for lefties. Like, and Snell is really tough on lefties. So even if you get a, a Peterson or Wade or somebody like that in there against Snell, I don't want to target lefties that are going to be in there the whole game. Brandon Belt, I guess, would be the one guy that most likely starts against Snell who has upside in the later innings against the right-handed reliever. But I'm, I'm definitely not stacking, even though Snell has a, a chance to get blown up. And it's just because of how San Francisco handles their lineup. Like it's already a tough spot because Snell is a really good pitcher with huge strikeout ability, but then you add in the pinch hit risk and I just, I don't see
0: any reason to do it. San Diego bats against wood. Wood's a good pitcher, San Diego, very, very good lineup. Um, I mean, Dury's kind of expensive, but man, this guy mashes lefties Machado mashes lefties. Um, It's tough. It's catch 22 spot because They have a ton of upside against left-handed pitching. Wood's good, but, man, this lineup's good. Like, I could easily see – I think they're in that – we talked about it, I think, Thursday or Friday on the podcast. Like, they're easily in that category where you can stack them every slate and no one should tell you differently. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, they're up there with the
1: Dodgers and Toronto and teams that we've stacked all year long. Like, this is one of the best offenses in baseball now. Um, So, even even in a tough matchup against a good pitcher like Wood, I'm interested – Machado jumps off the page he's been so good against lefties this year he's only 5100 that's I mean with the the cheaper options at pitching I think it's pretty easy to get to him nobody's going to play Soto lefty lefty at 6k Uh, I'm going to have a couple San Diego stacks at least um Profar at 4400 has been really good Drury is nobody's playing him at that price either but if you just if you look at what Drury has done like that, that's an appropriate price for what he's done against left-handed pitching this year. It's crazy to say because he, he was kind of a journeyman utility infielder up until this point in this career, but dude's having an awesome season. So a tough, tough matchup against Wood, um, but I, I, have, I have interest because of the talent on this offense.
0: Oh, man. We got the Angels at Oakland taking on the Athletics. Jose Suarez, Cole Irvin seven total Oakland Oakland Athletics a 125 favorite <laughs> any interest here in Suarez who just put up 20 fantasy points against this team last week
1: uh yeah the, the, that's weird these next two games we have the exact same pitching matchup we just had five days ago so we know like we just saw <laughs> what could happen here Um, Not to say that that's exactly what's going to happen this time around. Like, I just, I think I prefer Thompson, especially if we got wind blowing in. I think I prefer the upside of Kikuchi. Like it's a, it's a great matchup against Oakland. Don't get me wrong. I just, the, the hard contact this guy gives up is, is scary. If he, if he comes in significantly lower on than Kikuchi and Thompson, maybe I I pivot there, but I, I think I prefer the first two um, just in a vacuum.
0: It's all going to come down to ownership on both of these pitchers for me. What is the ownership on Irvin? What is the ownership on Suarez? Um, Irvin, I mean, he wasn't pitching terrible last time out, um, had a couple bad pitches and like ended up giving up some runs. But yeah, I mean, I think both of these guys are in play. Um, I mean, just at the end of the day, like both of these offenses are just bad. Um, yeah, bad. Like, the Angels faced Gonzalez on Sunday. The lineup they rolled out had a one eight one eighteen ISO, 279 Woba, and a 20.7% K rate um, with a 33% hard hit rate. I just, yeah, man. I, I could play either one of these pitchers. I'd, I mean, we can talk about the offenses in a second, but what are your thoughts on Urban? Yeah, I
1: mean, he's... I think he's the same play as Suarez, the same play as Thompson and and Kikuchi, a little bit safer probably. And I would say the Angels add some strikeout upside, but we just, he he had four strikeouts in the last matchup and that was in six innings. So he's just not a huge strikeout guy. He's a pretty decent pitcher overall, but he's not going to rack up strikeouts. I think I would, I, I would be willing to accept more risk in tournaments to play guys with higher strikeout upside like Thompson and and Kikuchi.
0: Angels, bats, any interest
1: here? No interest in the angels. Um, Like I said, Irvin is a a great real life pitcher. He gets outs. He he induces soft contact, keeps the ball on the ground a lot. um, And there's not a ton of talent here on the angels. Uh, I don't mind hunting for a cheap home run with Taylor Ward. Maybe Stassi is a catching option, but I'm not stacking Angels for sure.
0: Yeah, I think Ward, maybe um, Ragnifo at 4,100, but overall not a ton of interest. Like if Stassi was a little bit cheaper, maybe I would say, you know, if Suzuki catches, he's 2,400 and he hits left-handed pitching really well. So if Suzuki's in the lineup, um, he's very playable here. And then on the Oakland side, just, man, it's Suarez is not good. Like he's not good. You you know, he has a 346 Woba, 200 ISO, 23% K rate, gives up a ton of hard contact and a ton of fly balls. There's just nobody outside of maybe Sean Murphy that can take advantage of facing Suarez. And that's why he just pitched so well against this team last week. Um, this lineup stinks. I mean, yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, I'm I'm with
1: you, and it's a, a tough ballpark too. Like the last game was in um, Los Angeles, and he he did really well. This he gets a ballpark upgrade today going into Oakland. Um, yeah, just not not a ton of upside. Suarez is a guy I love to attack because of those fly ball and hard contact numbers you just quoted. Loriano at forty three hundred, maybe Sean Murphy at forty six hundred. Outside of that, Chad Pinder maybe a cheap home run at twenty eight hundred. Um, Piscotti at twenty seven hundred. What's like Piscotti's just there's nothing left there, right? Um, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd look for a cheap home run. Maybe, maybe Loriano at forty three hundred is would be my favorite play.
0: I think if Pinder's in the lineup at twenty eight hundred and Piscati like those two guys are playable just cuz they're cheap and they've shown power upside against left-handed pitching throughout their career. Piscati this year not so much. He has a 0. .027 ISO against left-handed <laughs> pitching this year. That's that's not good, right? <laughs> no, it's not. Um I mean Chad Pinder at 2800, we know this guy can hit home runs. Murphy, if you want to pay up a catcher to be way different, sure. Still would prefer paying down a catcher because I have to stay on brand. Finish out the slate Yankees Mariners in Seattle seven and a half total in this game. Yankees, a 120 favorite Tyon and Gilbert. Jamison Tyon is all over the place. I mean, that is the easiest way to approach this guy. Um, the walks, the command, the control, everything right now is just off. So, facing a sneaky good offense in Seattle, I have no interest in him, even with Julio Rodriguez not in the lineup? You nailed
1: my exact thoughts there. Um, first, Seattle is, is going to be a very good offense. Even without Julio Rodriguez, they just got Mitch Hanniger back. Kyle Lewis is a guy that's been, been working his way back. So they've been a sneaky good offense all season, and they're starting to get healthy too. So when Julio Rodriguez comes back, I'm, I'm excited to see what this Mariners team can do. As far as tie goes, he had a walk rate under like 4% up until like four or five starts ago. His last three starts, he's walked four guys, he's walked two guys, and, and he's walked three guys. Like, there's just something clearly wrong with Jamison Tyon. Like, he was an elite control pitcher for the majority of the season up until a recent stretch here. Um, I, he's not a high strikeout upside guy anyway. The Mariners are a very patient offense. We just saw that as they, they coaxed four walks out of him five days ago when, when he matched up and he gave up five runs against them. So having just faced this team, I don't think anything he fixed anything magically
0: in the last couple of days. Um, I have no interest. And, I mean, Logan Gilbert is a very talented young pitcher. This is just a tough spot, man. I, and I know, like, he just gave up three home runs and six earned runs against the Yankees in Yankee Stadium, but he's 8,400 and – realistically like just looking at like his game log i mean two games over 20 in his last 10 starts that's tough against the yankees offense so i think i'm out on gilbert in a better ballpark this time against the yankees it's just even with rizzo banged up like (laughs) it's just this lineup (laughs) is they're in the dodgers houston padres you know, yeah. maybe even Braves. I mean, at least the Braves strike out. So you can actually play, like, pitchers against the Braves. But it's so hard to play pitchers against these types of teams. Yep, totally agree. Love Gilbert as a pitcher, but just
1: not the spot to play him, not the offense to target him. Um A little bit of an upgrade going into Seattle this time. Like, I don't think he has the same home run risk, but it, the upside isn't there. Um, he's. Um I just don't see him getting... A ton of Ks against his lineup. They're going to work the count and and raise that pitch count. So definitely, uh, no interest here for me.
0: Yankees bats, late game, um, ballpark stinks. But with that said, I mean I don't mind stacking the Yankees in any ballpark. Um, if Judge gets a hold of one, it's going out of anywhere. So. Talk to me here, what are your thoughts when it comes to the Yankees bats? Yeah, I don't don't love the spot honestly,
1: even though I don't want to play Gilbert, it's more just that I I don't think he's going to put up a ceiling game. I, like the Yankees got to him for home runs in the last game um in Yankee Stadium. Going into Seattle, I don't quite see that same upside here. Player and Judge, don't get me wrong, I, he is you have to play some of him every single day with the things that he's doing this season. But I don't love the stack here. Um, Carpenter's expensive. Lemayhew's expensive and doesn't have a ton of upside. Gilbert's been really tough on lefties, so I don't like Benintendi. Uh, Torres at four thousand five hundred. I guess if you wanted somebody to pair with Judge, would kind of be my lean. Donaldson at four K. Like I could, I could get behind that little three man there. Judge, Torres, Donaldson. Um, but outside of that, I I don't have a ton of interest here.
0: Seattle bats. Anything here for Seattle?
1: I I do have some interest in Seattle just because I think Tyana is is going through a tough stretch. Um, Suarez, I think is my favorite option at at 4,300. France is right there with him. Uh, Winker is cheap. Hanager just came back. As I mentioned, he's still 3,600. Yeah. Now Crawford is 3,400 as well. Kyle Lewis, 3k. I like the pricing on the Mariners here. Like tyon I think is a is a pretty good pitcher, but he's going through some things right now, so I, I do have some interest here. I think Seattle comes in really low owned um I'll play him in in large tournaments.
0: They're my sneaky stack today um I'm right there with you. you nailed it. My only concern about stacking against the Yankees is this bullpen is uber legit um I think Houston has the best bullpen, but I think the Yankees are second as far as Bullpen goes. It's so hard to stack against a team like this because if Tyon does get in trouble, they have no problem pulling this dude in the second or third inning at seven pitches seventy pitches because they have a bazookas of arms they they have so many um so that's my concern. um there's been plenty of times this year where Tyon has struggled and teams have scored 10 plus runs on the Yankees. So like it could easily work out for this stack. So I still like it. Um, I'm just throwing caution into the wind. That's all I'm doing is saying like there is one downside and that's the Yankees bullpen. But Tyon has been struggling with command. These are the types of pitchers you want to stack against. So, all right, morning grind game. And then we will get out of here. Hope everyone had a fantastic weekend under 8k to get 6 or more strikeouts. We have a few options today. Um when I first started looking at this slate I was struggling a little bit, but man, going through this slate, breaking it down, there is a lot of options on this slate. Yeah, I actually really like the cheap pitching today. Um I think there's
1: there's one pretty clear guy who everyone's going to play. I'm I'm going to go homer on this one. I'm going with my boy Keegan Thompson.
0: Keegan Thompson. I like it. Um, if that wind man that could he could be a huge factor, I'm gonna go chalky here and go Zach Gollin. Um, yep, he's the guy. I mean, he's and I have man. no problem, like, honestly, I have no problem if the wind is blowing massively in and like Thompson is you know a legit play. I have no problem playing both of those guys together. Um, on this slate, yeah. I mean,
1: we if Snell busts, there's no strikeout upside on this slate, so I'm totally I think you could play two 6k pitchers today and, and get away with it. That leaves you. Let's like 4,500, 4,600 per bat. That's, that's incredible. So I
0: think that's totally in play on the slate. All right. Over 8K to score under 15. There are four guys up here. Who's your least favorite?
1: Uh, Gilbert has the toughest matchup. I'll, I'll go there. Um, just saw him get, get blown up in, in Yankee stadium, a little bit better spot because it's in Seattle this time, but still just a, a super talented offense he's facing
0: yeah i mean this is a no-brainer um it's gilbert and irvin like snell and bassett their strikeout upside gives them ability to get to 15 plus still um as much as i don't want to put irvin in there there's four options and clearly the other two guys have a great chance to get over 15 in their matchups so uh over 4k to hit a home run today who do you got to go yard today uh, give me pete alonzo i like that one um a little off the board i guess i probably not um
1: i don't justin dunn has been pretty bad I, I think the mets are fairly popular but maybe not the most popular
0: it's been like a week or so since matt carpenter hit home run so i'm gonna go matt carpenter um it's been too long so i was so i'm gonna give out a bonus my bonus is brandon Dury against wood um, they were okay. very smart by picking this guy up. Let's just say that this guy mashes left-handed pitching under 4k to get two hits. There's a ton of options down here. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm going to, I'm going
1: to target this Pittsburgh bullpen game quite a bit. I like Alec Thomas a lot. You today.
0: took my guy. <laughs> I was like, there's <laughs> no way he is going to take my guy today. That I took,
1: I took your guy last time I was on. I know, it was Cole long, like... I think.
0: Oh, my God. Wong had a home run that day, too. Um, (laughs) I'll go Vogelbach, but I am so disappointed that you took my guy. Um, Honestly,
1: I was looking at Vogelbach,
0: too. Like, literally, we had the same top two. Yeah. (laughs) Gosh. I wrote down two today, just in case. Uh, Give me a stack to score six or more runs.
1: I'm I'm going with the Mets. I know they're not a great ballpark for run scoring, but Justin Dunn has been awful even in Triple A. There's no way he's he's having a decent outing here against the Mets and and Cincinnati's bullpen is terrible too. Give me the Mets.
0: I like it. I'm going to go Arizona. Pittsburgh's bullpen's pretty bad too. Um they're one of the worst. I think they're bottom 5, so Cincinnati, worst bullpen in baseball, for what it's worth. Um to kind of go with along with what you were just talking about. They are the worst bullpen in baseball. Um for what it's worth though, it's funny. Um no bullpen has allowed more home runs than the Chicago Cubs. There you go.
1: Interesting. And that's going to go way up too, because they traded like four relievers at the deadline. So yeah, the (laughs) target that Cubs
0: bullpen the rest of the year, folks, the the four highest, the five highest, because there's a tie for fourth is the Cubs, Minnesota, Washington, and then Cincinnati and Tampa are tied at 58 home runs allowed. But Tampa is really surprising to hear in there. Yeah. I mean, you look at the rest of the numbers and it's actually pretty solid, but they do allow a lot of home runs, which is kind of weird in that bullpen, but Another team that like has a sneaky bad bullpen is Kansas City for what's for what it's worth. Um that bullpen is not good. They walk a ton of people which adds upside. Um so there you go for what it's worth. Keith, any final thoughts before we get out of here?
1: No, good stuff. I like the slate a lot after after talking about it. I think there're a ton of ways to go at pitching. Um some good offense this too, so should be a fun one.
0: Can't wait to see what Kevin Roth has to say about this Wrigley game because I mean it changes a little bit of the slate but if we're looking at that much wind blowing in um, yeah so great slate a lot of fun like I said I'll be on Grinders live later given my final thoughts on this one but I don't honestly not much on this slate is going to change for me um, I still think Bassett's the best pitcher on the slate I think that <sighs> Gallen is right there with him uh, point per dollar wise but great slate Hope everyone has an awesome Monday. We'll be back tomorrow. Um, I think it's actually Keith back tomorrow as well. Filling in today for Will. Back tomorrow. Good luck, everyone. We will see you then.